Today on The Wired Homeschool, we're going to take a look at some of the business traits of Ursula Burns and compare those to homeschooling. That's coming up on The Wired Homeschool. Hello and welcome to The Wired Homeschool. I'm your host, John Wilkerson, bringing you tech tools, and tips for homeschooling the digital generation. Now, if you don't know who Ursula Burns is, let me give you a little bit of a background on her. She became the first black woman to head a Fortune 500 company when she was appointed CEO of Xerox. She also became the first woman to secede another woman as a head of a Fortune 500 company. Burns led the STEM program of the White House from 2009 to 2016 and is the current chairman and CEO of Vion, the 11th largest mobile network operator in the world based on subscribers. Burns is also on the board of Uber. Now, what's very interesting about her story is that when she started at Xerox, she was at, had been at Xerox for 30-some-odd years when she became CEO. She started in basically an entry-level position and worked her way up through the company to become CEO. And so she has a lot of insight into what it means to work hard and reach some goals, and we're going to look at those, her business acumen, and try and see if we can pull some stuff out of her life as a CEO and how when she became a CEO and talk about how we can compare that to homeschooling. Now, the first trait is to be authentic. In an interview with Time, Ursula Burns said in the early years of her career, the one thing she would not give up was her hair. She encourages women, especially women trying to get into STEM, to use their uniqueness as an opportunity to distinguish themselves from others. Now, I think we need to encourage our children to embrace what's unique about themselves being homeschooled or any other quality, and use that as a way to stand out from the crowd. Don't look at it as a burden, but look at it as an opportunity. One of the things you see often is that uniqueness tends to be squashed, or we might look at someone who and think, well, well, they're, they're a little odd, And instead of embracing that uniqueness and using it as a way to benefit themselves, it ends up being something that is seen as a detriment. And that's just not, I don't think that's good. As homeschoolers, we have the opportunity to encourage our kids to embrace their uniqueness. And I hope that we all do that more and more in the future. Now, the second thing is to listen to your employees. And I think this is a big one. Now, we don't have employees. We have children. We have students. And some parents think that they have all the answers when it comes 
to homeschooling. Now, while we're certainly responsible for educating our children, we should listen to them too. As our children get older, their interests will change, and we should be able to tailor their education so that they have a vested interest in it. And we can only do that if we listen to them. Maybe you find out that one of your children just isn't interested in a certain topic. And so instead of insisting that this be taught over and over and over again, maybe you don't go into it as as deep a dive into a particular topic, but you do see that your child is interested, I don't know, in blacksmithing. And so, hey, we use that as an opportunity, as a teaching opportunity to teach our children. It is amazing to me how so often people will just keep going and going and going on a particular topic or using a particular curriculum and their children aren't succeeding because they just don't get it with the curriculum. Sometimes you need to switch it up. What worked with one child doesn't work with another. So listen to them so that we can educate them and lead them to success. Now, the third thing here is to recognize that you cannot do everything yourself. Speaking with Poppy Harlow on CNN Money, Burns reminds men that they need to step up when their wives have a baby. Women shouldn't have to do all the work of raising children. And the point here was that the culture in the work environment needs to change. It's one thing for a woman to request time off when she has a baby, but usually the husband doesn't request time off. And we do have the Family Medical Leave Act, and husbands can take time off, fathers can take time off when their wives have a baby, but it often doesn't happen or it's it's not looked at in the same way as it is when a woman needs to take that time off. And so changing the culture, changing the culture so that seeing the way that families work needs to be looked at differently is very important in the corporate world. In the same way, it's true, I think, in homeschooling. It's difficult for one parent to be the only educator. It's difficult for one parent to raise the children. Both parents need to help, and fathers need to pitch in. You know, predominantly mothers are doing the educating, but in a home where where one parent is doing the, the predominant education, the other parent needs to kick in in other ways. Sometimes it's reading a book, sometimes it's covering a particular subject, but one parent can't do everything. Now, the fourth one here is to take a stand for what you believe in. I was watching one interview with her, and when she was at C- when she was at Xerox, someone was speaking on a particular topic, and she challenged that person. That person was a vice president, and she took a stand for what she believed in and called this guy to task, even though she wasn't, uh, you know, she wasn't at the management level. And so it's important for us as homeschoolers to take a stand for what we believe in. Believe it or not, 
there are still people out there who think homeschooling is bad for children. Entire governments like Brazil and Germany have basically made it illegal to homeschool. There may come a time when you need to take a stand for your beliefs in homeschooling and be prepared to hold your ground against family, against friends, and even total strangers. We have lots of stories from when we started homeschooling early on and we had to convince family and friends and strangers that no, we're actually not causing permanent harm to our children by homeschooling them. And one of the things that's always benefited us is that my wife has a teaching degree. And so when they look at my wife and they say, oh, okay, well, well, you've been educated to be a teacher, so it's okay for you to homeschool. And we kind of had to fire back every once in a while and say, well, you don't need a teaching degree to teach to homeschool. And so taking a stand for what you believe in and knowing that you're going to face some difficulty sometimes when it comes to these things is very important. Be prepared to do that. Be prepared to stand up for your kids, for the way you homeschool. Maybe you're talking to different homeschoolers and they may not like the way you homeschool. Maybe you're an unschooler and everyone else around you does traditional homeschooling. Or maybe you have a hybrid or a blended form of homeschooling and people say, well, no, you need to go through this book and finish the book and that's it. No, take a stand for what you believe in and know that in the end, you're the one who's responsible for educating your children. And as long as you give them good, measurable goals and teach them to love learning, there's not going to be an issue. Okay, number five is to measure goals and outcomes to make better decisions. One of the things that happened at Xerox when Ursula Burns was there was that she, I I can't, I I don't know the full details. I, I think she either created or she broke off a separate portion of it. And so there was a, there was a services division, like, like a document creation. And then there was this, uh, uh, hardware servicing division and things didn't go so well. She had measurable goals and outcomes, but there were some changes that happened in the industry. And people sometimes look at that as, as a failure. But in the end, one of the things that, that she talks about is that something had to be done in order to keep the company alive. And that actually did end up doing that. So when I think of this in the homeschooling sense, the first thing that I thought of was that grades are not goals and test results don't always reflect the outcomes you're looking for when educating your children. Book knowledge shouldn't be the ultimate goal. In our family, we want to instill a love of learning. We want to equip our children to be successful adults. And we also want them to define what success looks like for them. Now, that's something that's been very difficult for me at times because I look at my kids and I might say, hey, if you do this, you'll be successful. But my kids might look at me and say, well, I don't want to do that. That doesn't look like success for me. This is what success looks like. So, 
how do we define that? How do we look at those measurable goals and determine what is the best outcome for them? I have a daughter who has some particular goals and I'm trying to help steer her in the right direction when it comes to those because maybe her motivations aren't exactly right about them, about about what she wants. And so we're working on that and we're, we're trying to have these conversations about this, but it gets difficult sometimes. So finding what those measurable goals are and helping our kids reach those goals and have better outcomes are going to be one of the top priorities that we need to have as parents and homeschoolers. And finally, have fun and truly enjoy your job to have the most success. When I hear about parents and children who are burdened by homeschooling, my heart drops. Anyone who is homeschooling doesn't truly find joy in the process and doesn't truly find joy in the process. They're going to have, they're not going to have ultimate success. It brings a smile to my face when I see the joy on my wife's face, when she's talking about an experiment the kids did or a history nugget she learned about that day. Seeing the joy that she has when she teaches, seeing the joy in my children when they learn something new, when at first they were reading a book and they thought it would be boring, but then when they really got into it, they couldn't put it down. Or when they share some interesting scientific fact with me. It is just one of the most wonderful things when you see that joy that comes out of homeschooling. So keep it fun, keep it light. Yes, sometimes it needs to be very, I don't want to say stoic or staid or anything like that, but you know, sometimes you have to be very business-like, but for the most part, try and keep things fun so that your kids enjoy it and so that you enjoy it. All right, let's go over these points one more time. Number one, be authentic. Number two, listen to your employees. Number three, recognize that you cannot do everything yourself. Number four, take a stand for what you believe in. Number five, measure goals and outcomes to make better decision. And number six, have fun and truly enjoy your job to have the most success. Well, I hope this has helped you all out. I I know that this isn't really a tech type topic, but every once in a while, I like to throw in something like these. I'm going to do a couple of other ones like this as well. I'm hoping to look for some other um, female CEOs and female tech leaders. I mean, we've done Bill Gates and Richard Branson and Elon Musk in the past. And I wanted to make sure we got some female representation in here as well. And besides, I dropped the ball in March when it comes to uh, Women's Month. And so hopefully this kind of makes up for it. I know it's at the end, but it is it is the month of March. Kind of kind of stinks that I that I waited this long for that. But hey, what are we going to do? Uh, can't be aware of absolutely everything. Okay, coming up, I have another 
interesting topic that I'm going to cover for you all. And this will, again, not be a typical uh, technology podcasting thing. Uh, And I'm going to talk about some traits that your children cannot learn from textbooks or curriculum. That's in the next episode. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Head on over to thewiredhomeschool.com slash subscribe to get that done. The show notes for this podcast can be found over at thewiredhomeschool.com slash 245. And of course, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking me in your ears. And let's go out there and get your homeschools wired. The Wired Homeschool is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. For more family-friendly tech podcasts, you can visit techpodcasts.com. Music for the podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod over at incompetech.com. 